So Anna, over the last year, we brought her actually on the, the, the main staff of believers to help lead us. And so she's part of our core team that does that. And so I've asked Anna to share today about what does it look like to be a disciple? I love Anna Lucas. My wife and I have kind of been kind of surrogate parents for a little while as she's been here. Her dad and mom are in Maryland. We've gotten to check out boyfriends over the years. And Dane Lucas made the cut. He's the man. So Anna, we're so grateful to have you and we receive you. Come on, girl. this clicker i might be off to a bad start if you were here last week guile was wearing shorts and brought the fire so it might not it might not be the best <laughs> saw, saw that coming family i uh i'm so grateful to be with you i've been a part of believer church for 18 years and i'm so excited for where we are going. Um, where we're going, no big deal, but it's it's the master plan. It, it is something that's been hidden long ago. Other people better than us didn't get to see it. Um, but it is the real deal. The only thing, the master plan is exactly where we're going. Are you in? Every egg we have is in this basket or will be in this basket. It's the only place we have next. Jesus. Jesus is where we're going. He's the master plan. Game on, game over. It's him. It's him. It's him. Every egg we have is in the basket of Jesus. There's, there's no place else we had. Whatever it is we thought we knew, we were wrong. We didn't know how to live, and we chose him. And so he's our master plan. He's where we're going. Jesus, as Guile described last week, Jesus is who God is and what he does. He shows us who God is and what he does. People long awaited to know this, and Jesus has come. Jesus shows us who God is and what he does, and he also shows us who we are and what we do. We didn't know the first thing about who we are. We can't come to it on our own, but it's Jesus who shows us what it means to be a human, what it means to be ourselves. It's him who shows us. So he's the whole package. He's the first and the last, and he is where we're going as a church. You're in? I see that hand. (laughs) Okay, so in light of that, where are we going? (laughs) I'm, I'm a practical person. I just need to touch, I need the numbers. Um, where are we going? Here is our vision as a church. We're going to be near and like Jesus. We are going to be snuggling up to the Son of God. We're going to be near Him. We're going to be near Jesus and like Him. And we're all going there. That is where we're headed. And everything we do is going to lead to there. Are you in? We're going to be in relationship with him. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be like Jesus. 
We're going to be like him. Our lives are going to look like Jesus. We're going to be Christians, little Jesuses. Right? Now, how are we going to do this vision? It's our mission. To be disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus. We're going to follow after him. In order to be near and like Jesus, we're going to be disciples who make disciples. And everything we're doing in this church is going to lead to there. Everything will be about this. Are you in on that? That's where we're going. All of us as a unit, as a family, that is where we're going. To be disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus. So today, what we're going to be unpacking is what is a disciple of Jesus? How did Jesus disciple and who did he disciple? What is a disciple, how did he do it, and who did he do it with? Today I'm going to talk about what it means to be a disciple, and I want to unpack some scriptures that make it so clear for us. Is that okay? All right, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I'm the main, I'm the one. I have it all. I'm the beginning and the end. Everything came from me. Everything holds together in me. All authority is mine. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end. Jesus shows us the master plan. How are we going to be his disciples? We are going to, in light of who Jesus is, go and make disciples of all nations. We'll baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. He's always going to be with us. Now, what did Jesus command us to do? You know, he says this. He leaves and says, I'm coming back. The angel says to his disciples, are staring up. He says, hey, uh, go to where Jesus told you to go. He's not here anymore. Go to where he told you to go. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. Many are saved. And then these are the next things that they begin to do. Is that all right? In Acts 2, he says, Peter is sharing the gospel Fervently, the Holy Spirit's come upon them, and this is how it goes down. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Savior. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far off, from all whom the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. 
Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So 3,000 were added to their number. How did they know what to do? Jesus had taught them. They began to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs being performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold their property and their possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Jesus left, gave them that message, and said, these are the things you're going to do. He gave us commands of what makes a disciple. He says, go and make disciples, and our, the disciples you make, teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. And so in light of all of this, what is a disciple? I want to show you a discipleship house. It's a tool to help us. Jesus is the center Jesus shows us who God is, what he's done, who we are, what we do. If we repent and believe and are baptized, we gain our identity. We're reborn into a worldview we didn't have before, into a new life we didn't have before, into a new identity we didn't have before. We're adopted as sons and daughters of our Father. We become children of God and co-heirs with Christ. We're sharing in the inheritance of Christ. So our identity, when we believe and are baptized, we become children of God. And we become servants of the King. Jesus served and said, just as I'm serving you, so you are going to serve. So we know that's part of who we are as we come into Christ. And then he says, and here's the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'll be like me on the earth by his power. You will be my ambassadors. You'll represent me. So we see that when we repent and believe, we're baptized, we gain our identity in Jesus, sons and daughters of our Father, servants of the King, and the Holy Spirit makes us ambassadors. And then what are we going to do given our new identity? Well, we'll be devoted to the Scriptures We'll study them and learn who God is, what he's done, what has Jesus told us. We need to know it. We'll pray. We saw that Jesus prayed and he told us how to. We're going to make disciples as Jesus said we would. We're going to love one another as Jesus loved us. He said, now obey me. You're going to love one another. All of these are immense. They can be unpacked to no end of what he's asked of us. We're going to worship through perseverance. We're going to take communion. Jesus took it, and then he said, and now you're going to do it. We're going to give of our time and money. All these things are going to be normal for us who believe. We're going to appoint leaders. We did many of those things already today, right? And we're going to gather we're gathering now in his name. So these are the things that make up what a disciple is. But these are the teachings and commands that Jesus gave us to be our lifestyle. 
And I want to show you how Jesus being our lifestyle isn't some churchy thing to do when we're in this room. Oh, we checked this off. We did this. We did this. But it's a lifestyle that we can take and live in any situation because it'll be who we are. Now, this is one of my favorite passages. I might crack and cry at the end, but um, I think it'll help us see how we can take this lifestyle into any scenario. Is that cool? This is our discipleship map. You can find it here, jesusisthevision.com. Act 16. About midnight, okay, here's what happened. You know, of course, they're being thrown into jail, as always, but they're beaten. <laughs> you know, the same thing that happens to us pretty frequently. Um, but they're beaten, they have live sores, and then their, sh- their feet are shackled at this point where we meet up with the story. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Just the normal stuff you do in prison, right? Yeah, because it's the normal lifestyle of Jesus that even in prison, the same things we do will be done. They're praying and worshiping God to persevere in jail. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights. He rushed in. He fell trembling before Paul and Cyrus. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and he washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized and the jailer brought them into his house. They set a meal before him and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household right? Paul and Silas are in prison. They're beaten. They have open bleeding wounds. They're shackled on their feet and they begin to pray and worship the Lord. They do the normal things of a disciple of Jesus. And then they continue to do the normal things by telling the truth about who God is and what he's done to people around him. He said, they said, just believe, believe in the Lord Jesus and be baptized. These are the hallmarks of our lifestyle in him. And how cool is that? They, he, he cared for them. He washed their wounds. And he said he was filled with joy because him and his household had come to believe in God. There is joy in the lifestyle of Jesus, right? This guy was moments away from killing himself. And look what the Lord deposited in him. The very opposite, very reality of what it means to be human in an instant while these guys are doing the normal lifestyle of our faith. We're not in prison. We will still take on this lifestyle. I want to show you how the joy of walking with Jesus in his lifestyle even more gets fulfilled. Even more his promises are going to come to pass 
Do you want to be encouraged this morning about what it's going to mean for us as we're collectively going to be disciples of Jesus who make disciples? Do you want to be encouraged? Listen to this. Jesus is saying this. He's taught and taught and taught and taught. And now he says this. Really simple. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? It doesn't make any sense. Why would he say, you're the best, I love you. I know the way to live. See you later. It it doesn't make sense. If we believe that Jesus is the Lord of all, that his way is best, we will live his lifestyle. We'll walk with him. We'll be near and like him. So he's not making some spiritual claim. He's just saying in the practical, why do you say I'm your Lord, but you continue to do your old way? He has a better plan for us that is a benefit to us and far outweighs whatever it is we think we know or we're living. Are you ready? He says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, they listen to my teaching, and then they follow it. I'll show you what it's like when someone hears the words I'm saying and then put them into practice. I'll show you what that guy's like. You ready? It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on a solid rock. And when the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But if anyone hears my words and doesn't obey, it's like a person who built a house right on the ground without a foundation, and when the flood sweeps down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruin. What does Jesus say it's going to be like for us if we're his disciples? If we hear his words and put them into practice, we will not be shaken. Though torrential rainstorm comes against us, our house will remain. If we want to continue to do our own way, what will occur? We'll have a nice idea, say, Lord, Lord, I love you, and we'll be swept away. He is giving us the benefit of life with him. Not only does he save us, but he keeps saving us. He keeps giving us benefits of our life with him. I'll save you. You'll have eternal life and you won't fall. You'll be strong and sure if you obey me, if you call me Lord and then you live like I am your Lord. Is that okay? His, his disciple John says it another way that's also really helpful for us to see the benefits of our life with God. John says in his letter, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. We know that we're near Jesus if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, Elf, I know that guy. (laughs) You just can't think that. I can't not think that when I read. (laughs) Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know that we're in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. 
Come on, it's so clear. It's so clear that the mission we're on is the mission. We are going to be near and like Jesus if we're going to follow after him, right? He says, whoever claims to live it, we're going to live as Jesus did. That's the very thing we're after as a church. That's the very place we're going is we're going to look like Jesus. We're going to live the life that Jesus lived. We're going to be his disciples who make disciples. Are you in on that? Look at the benefits. Look at the benefits that Jesus talks about. He says, if you come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I'm going to give you rest. Take my teaching upon you. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. Take my teaching upon you. It's easy, and my burden is light. Isn't it good news for us to obey what Jesus has said? He says, if we don't obey what he said, we'll be a washed away house coming to nothing. (laughs) That's what he said, right? But if we know what God's like, he's gentle and humble. He wants to teach and train us. He doesn't save us, say, you know, good luck. But I'll walk with you. I want to be near and like you. Let's do this. I want to train you how to live. You don't know how to live. Everything you knew was wrong. That's why you chose me. Let's do it. And it's an easy way. It's a restful way. It's a light burden way. It's a strong foundation way. Are you in on where we are going? Kyle's with me. <laughs> Guys, Jesus has made his teachings clear. He says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. Teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. We know what he's commanded. These are so um, involved. Think of how much we can unpack love and forgiveness and all there is regarding what these simple characters mean. Think of everything in our life with him, the identity we share with him. It's not based on a to-do list. We don't have to look at a house and give it a to-do list. It's a house because it's our household. It's our life. It's not a checklist for us. It's our life. You see? It's a strong foundation life, and it's a benefit to us. I, during worship, Elizabeth Freeland came to me and said to me almost verbatim the very thing in my heart that I've said to you now. Could I have her come up and confirm this message with a wonder that God spoke to her and said, this is where we're going as a church. This is what the Lord wants to do. Is that Okay. Elizabeth, would you join me? What a love girl. So thankful that God uses all of us um, with different gifts and graces. Okay, tell us, tell us what you heard from him. Okay. So we were in worship and Kristen was leading us. Oh, where is she? Your voice is so anointed. It's so good. 
Um, but she was leading us in a song and I felt like there was a barrier, um, that was something that like we couldn't break through quite yet. And I was asking the Lord what it was. And he gave me this picture about how I feel like we've been in the locker room for a while, putting in our reps with the Holy Spirit as our trainer, like our personal trainer. But I feel like the Lord, or as we were in the locker room, getting ready for this game, getting ready to go out and play, the energy was building up, but we just weren't quite there yet. And then as we go, and I'm not a sports person, so I don't really know the terminology, but as we go to the hallway to go out to the field, we can kind of like feel a shift and a change. And as we go to the field, we see the, um, you know how a lot of, uh, at a lot of games they'll have like a, um, something that the players break through to get on the field like a paper or something. And so all of us are like, all right, let's do it. We got to go. So we go and we break through the paper and on the field is Jesus with his arms stretched out. But it's not just like the VIPs in the front. It's not just the leaders that get to go into his arms. He has a capacity for all of us. And he... Even the ones in the back that are slowly limping up, you know, like me, um, or you know, the ones that we have to carry on the field, he has a capacity for all of us. And we go on and we run into his arms and it's like this big reunion and it's like, all right, this is our commission. It's game time. It's game time, baby. <laughs> you know, that that really hit me when she told me that because my father, and I repeat it often, always has the visual of the church like a locker room. He's always saying that the locker room, we're getting our Gatorade, we're getting bandaged, we're getting the plays, we're getting encouraged. You can do this, you know? But wouldn't it be a shame and a tragedy if we just stayed in the locker room? That's sick, you know? We're missing the whole point of the whole thing. We're just in the locker room, bandaging, bandaging, getting pepped up. Come on, being encouraged. But we never play the game. And what I feel like the Lord's inviting us into is to play. We've heard his teachings, and we don't want to be swept away. If we hear his teachings and we put them into practice will be a solid foundation. And he's saying he's waiting on the field for us. He's got everything we need. Everyone is in. Not one person was exempt. Everyone was in to play the game. That's what he's calling us into. That's where we're going as a church. Isn't that wild that she has that? The Lord is gifting us with a confirmation for where he is taking us, and we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to come up with a to-do list. He's living in us, and we will take on his lifestyle, and we'll do it all together. How will we respond in light of all that God has done? He's saying, let me teach you and train you. Learn from me. Are we the Lord's student? Do we 
sit in a posture before him as a learner for him to teach us where, how we're going to live? Or are we sitting as a learner in front of something else? He says, learn from me, I'll teach you, and my way is easy. Are the things we've been learning from other sources than Jesus giving us an easy way forward? No. Not a chance. In light of this, how can we respond to the Lord? Is there something that you need to repent of and get freed up from? Is there a sentence that you could say to the Lord, a prayer that you have in your heart to say, I want to be a student of you and to do what you say. Will you help me? I want to learn from you and put it into practice. Will you help me? Could we just pause for a moment before the Lord? And then Sam's going to come and we can, we can sing out of this very passage who the Lord is and what's going to happen for us if we choose him. Can we pause before him, whether we have to kneel, we're bowing down, we're sitting there, we're standing up, whatever posture you need to take. Here's your intention before the Lord. I choose to be a student of you, Jesus, and put your words into practice. Will you help me?
During this worship set, Anna May, one of our elders here, had uh, had a word that I felt like is exactly what the Lord had. You want to come up? The Lord showed me that picture that Elizabeth showed us. But there are those that just don't have the strength to go through that that banner that gets you into the field and the lord says my holy spirit will break through for you he has given you the holy spirit peter before the holy spirit denied after the holy spirit what did he do you have the Holy Spirit in you, you call it forth in you, and you go in the power of Jesus, his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here. Just breathe him in and go out into that field where Jesus is calling you. You know, it's not your children who define you. It's not the church that defines you. It's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that defines who you are and what you are in him. And he's calling you all. Lay down those burdens that would stop you. And he says, go in the power of my Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Come on. How beautiful the word. Man, thank you, Anime. Thank you. Come on, the Lord Lord is doing this in us. This isn't a one time Sunday. We're in this with him for eternity. We are we're doing this. We're doing this the rest of our life. Hearing his teaching, filled with the Holy Spirit, and putting it into practice. People we know and love will come to know him. We're going to tell them who God is, what he's done, who we are, and what we do. He showed us what it was. 
He showed us what it was, and then he empowers us to do it. He empowers us to do it. And everyone gets to play. On the field, everyone has different parts, different places, different things they're skilled at that other people aren't. We need everyone in this fellowship to play the game if we're going to do this. If this is where we're going, we're all, we need us all. Can I just pray over us in the, in the, we are moving forward in this. In the days to come, we're going to know how Jesus did it. How did he make disciples? Who did he make disciples with? All the more. We're, we're not stopping here. This is game on. It's where we're headed. Jesus, we must have you. It is a joke life without you. There's nothing in this world there never was that could show us how to live and who we are. You are it for us. You're the beginning and the end. There's nothing besides you. There's no one next to you. You are it for us. You are the only one that could save us. Not only did you save us, you bestow your benefits on us again and again and again and again. What are you like, God? What are you like, Father? We want to know. You've showed us in Jesus the love you poured out, that you lavished on us, the grace that you give us, the power that you've put upon us. We love you and we need you. We want to do what you said. We want to say, Lord, Lord. And then we want to do what you say. Please help us. Help us, Lord. Fill us with unity for your plans and purposes. These are your plans and purposes. Would they prevail on the earth? Would your church be a strong team in your family business that does what you've asked us to do until your return? And we pray that you would come quickly. Bless us, Lord. Fill us up today anew. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we say amen together? We did. We're, we're in unity on this, right? We're in unity. Amen. Amen. amen.